Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with comic Sean Wickens. Sean Wickens, how the hell are you? Uh, feeling great, Brian. Thanks oh, for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you because you're in Mississippi. Yeah. Um, you sound just next door, but uh, I'm actually quite a few states away. Well, I love I love the magic of the internet that allows us to talk to New York City comedians wherever they happen to be at this time. Right, right. And where can people find, like when New York City gets back going and opens up fully, where are they going to see Sean Wickens on stage? And in the meantime, where can they find you online? Uh, well, online, uh, I do a, a, a show slash podcast called Stoner Morning Show. It's yeah. um, kind of... Uh, in the vein of a, a, a local morning talk show, but it's also more just so just stoned or um, stone friendly people just having fun conversations. And um, so your, your guests now, are you stoned when you do it or are you getting uh, people on who are necessarily stoned during the recording? Uh, guests never have to be stoned. Sometimes they are. Um, we tell ourselves we don't have to be stoned, but sometimes we are as well. <laughs> I love very, yeah. Being yeah, being stoned is not a prerequisite. We want to make sure we have even sober guests talking about their uh, their inebriated experiences. Oh sure. Well, it's not even really. Um, in some ways, it's more interesting for stone people to talk about other things than drugs than just oh. talk about drugs. Okay. Um, just to you know, just sort of a, a, anything is uh, is fair game. And in what way is it? In what way is it kind of like a morning show? You know, I'm, what comes to mind is all these delightful SNL sketches where, like, Jimmy Fallon will play a morning anchor where he does, you know, several voices. What you know, to to the listener, what distinguishes kind of a morning show from any other thing that I could listen to? Any any substandard alternative to your show? Well, it, the the show kind of evolved over time. It started out as a live show that was adhering to a morning show format um, and then we, was we started doing a podcast what's that because it was live it was kind of adhering to the morning show right right mm -hmm. right and then when we started doing the podcast we sort of just were too i think lazy to um adhere to that so it's more of a free form um conversation but if you ever see it live it will probably feel like a morning talk show okay and then yeah. what are some like what are some of the topics that you found yourself kind of stumbling upon? And I guess they it sounds like they were not, you know, you know, not necessarily drug related. So what what are some of the um what are the topics that you enjoy or or that were surprisingly good that you stumbled upon? Uh well, conspiracy theories are always interesting. Um and uh I feel like non-stoned people are as, as fascinated by those things as stoned people um uh we we did a show in um north in raleigh north carolina or chapel hill north carolina we had a guest on who was a um conflict um it, it was a, a professor who studies conflict negotiations wow um and that was fascinating mostly just because we ne we never thought we were going to have somebody so academic on yeah um, 
And what did you kind of learn about conflict resolution and and what can that be, you know, how can that be applied to something like conspiracy theories? Because you have a couple sides who are talking past each other in these conspiracy theories thing. It would be nice to have some sort of conflict uh, resolver in the middle. Um, yeah, I don't think we talked about those two things in that show, but okay. I feel like what I can glean from conflict resolution for conspiracy theories is that um, no, but it, it doesn't matter who's right if there's an argument about it because nobody knows the answer. Ah. Uh, I feel like that. <laughs> you are wise. That helps. Um, and has that kind of helped you, you know, has it helped you down there in Mississippi navigating whoever you happen to be there with? Um, gosh, that's a good question. It was, um, People have asked me, friends have asked me, oh, what's it like living with your um, girlfriend's family? And at first it was a little challenging, mostly because of, you know, my own hangups. I had to explain to, to some friends, I was like, what, what would you think about living with your significant other's family? And they were like, oh, yeah, I guess that would be difficult. Like I had to... I, I, I thought it was funny. I had to spell it out to some people about like, oh, it's a little weird down here. But at this point, it's been two months. And um, I mean, everybody's used to it at this point. Um, it's the new normal for take, Sean Wiggins. Yeah, yeah. We take turns with chores and um, making trips to the store. So we're all, you know, in it together. So um, it, it's been a, bl a blessing that I've been, you know, able to um, live with strangers slash but, loved ones <laughs> but it sounds like you can take all the credit for making it work because you learned these lessons from the conflict resolution guy on the stoner morning morning show oh yeah 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 i am the resident uh, conflict resolution expert down here and then you know, let's uh, start stop arguing <laughs> <laughs> and then kind of what you know what made you want to do the stoner morning show like um um, you know, pretty much, I suppose, any type of show could uh, lend itself well to, you know, 411 friendly um, topics. And it sounds sure. like you're expanding beyond that. But, you know, what, you know, why the laser focus on, you know, why Stoner, Stoner Morning Morning Show when you could have called it, you know, Sean Wickens is, is wise and, and awesome. Oh, sure. Well, I like to think that I'm not uh, so egocentric that I would name a show um, out of myself. But uh as you talk to as you talk to Coppin with comic, who by the way said four 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 eleven instead of four twenty, that's how hit by him. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, see, I didn't want to correct you. That would have started a new conflict in my mind. But also, um, I even though I claim to be not egocentric, I I feel I feel like I like most people are more bothered by their own displays of egoism rather than other people's displays so i have no problem with the title of your show um i, I like that though I, I seem to i'm kind of the same way in that um i don't i really take care of my own shit not because i care about whatever but because it's it, you know some of my anxiety is born of consideration for others and so it's cool <laughs> to hear, hear that even in the you know you know, I'm only uh, I'm only bothered by others. You know, I'm I'm only bothered by my own ego, egocentrism, or whatever. That's pretty interesting. And how does that, you know, as a comedian, 
you know you got to have a big a big fucking ego so kind of how are you trying to tamp that down or, or play that up you know as far as a stage persona oh sure um well i think that um in terms of comedy where it is such a kind of nebulous thing and it's you know if it's the kind of thing that if you try too hard you sometimes fail yeah uh, and i kind of i think my i i just in the last three months i th- i feel like i finally defined my own theory about comedy and it's trying to drive with your knees um, <laughs> which isn't safe to do normally but it's yeah. you know um uh, I, I don't even know if I can really give a f- full explanation of why I think it works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, me, I, but... I like I like it because you know, you don't have the delusion or or illusion of control. You know, the right. audience the audience is there. They might not laugh. There might be you know might be a crowd control type situation where everybody's distracted or drunk. Sure. And um, by driving with your knees, you're like I, I have a pretty good idea. I can keep this on the road, but. I am driving with my knees, so I mean, shit can happen. That's right. Yeah. And then, kind of on stage, are you? You know, what are you kind of? You know, are you talking about any four twenty friendly topics, or, um, you know, are you talking about? You know, you're living. You know, living. I suppose you you haven't been talking about living with your girlfriend's family other than, you know, online. But you know, what can people expect when they see Sean Wickens on stage? You know, who's the cast of characters that you're talking about, or is it pretty much just a yeah, an exploration of Sean Wickens' psyche? Yeah. Well, when I first started doing the, you know, Stoner Morning Show thing, I did have friends who were surprised that I was doing something that was leaning towards, um, you know, uh, cannabis influence. Wow. Um, But I feel like, I mean, I've been smoking for a while with and not even talking about it with people. It's just, you know, something that I do. But I feel like even before I was doing something, um, you know, weed artistically uh, leaning, um, some of my comedy is kind of surreal and, and, and bizarre. Nice. And then I balance, I balance it out with like very autobiographical and true things. So I, I think I bridge, um, you know, reality and um, and. Uh, non-reality and surreality yeah yeah and and um you know the conspiracy theory thing i like it because it does dovetail nicely with certain um you know i guess 420 culture at least it's consistent with 420 culture like what are the conspiracy theories that you buy into and which ones are you just you know reflexive are you reflexively against even though you're conspiracy theory friendly you know you know the 5g the 5g signals in europe people are burning that shit down like what what are the ones you're like oh, i kind of believe that and the other ones you're like that's fucking stupid well i think that um the stuff that we should be believing is probably stuff that we don't even know about or you know what i mean like um, <laughs> i I mean, they're all kind of ridiculous. Like lizard people is is bizarre. Yeah. Um, I, I don't even know how you you tell yourself that you're seeing evidence of of lizard people. Um, yeah. I I feel that um, 
Bigfoot is fascinating probably only because I grew up um, adoring Chewbacca. I, I, I think that... Uh, <laughs> I love that he, yeah, Chewbacca, Chewie has softened the ground for many uh, Bigfoot believers. I love that idea. I, I feel that if you subconsciously dived into um, a bunch of uh, Bigfoot truthers, you would find that they deep down really just hold a, a love for Chewbacca, which I, I recently got into a, an argument with a friend of mine, a Star Wars fan who was saying that Han Solo was the, the coolest character in the whole Star Wars universe. And I was like, the only people, reason people love Han Solo is because he has Chewbacca next to him. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you might be able to say that he could be a cool human, but the minute you say cool character, you're bringing in Chewbacca and every other creature. Oh, sure. in that, yeah. um, and, and so you, you grew up kind of with a love for that sort of thing. And so that kind of um, opened you up towards uh, acceptance of Bigfoot. And, what are, and, and I guess you're right that the things that we don't know are the things that are, you know, the things that are... Um, controlling the the world like you know i think recently the senate just voted to you know continue to search people's you know uh online search histories and oh, i think they might right. yeah they yeah they might be doing it with an eye towards you know terrorism and things like that but when you look at stuff like that you're like you know you don't have to get too conspiratorial to know that that can spin out of control quickly especially if you bring in any outside uh business like Amazon or Google to help them out. And now they're trying to rope in Google and Apple to help with coronavirus. I, right. I could see that that data could could very quickly um, go the wrong way. Well, there's also, um, you know, uh, so much stuff gets declassified over the years that is kind of truly alarming, like the whole um, Gulf of Tonkin incident sparking Vietnam. Yeah, you know that's like it's less sexy because like all right, well now we know the answer to it. There's no mystery involved, right? But somehow, somehow the, that lack of mystery makes it less alarming. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and, and even you know because or even like the whole uh, nuclear launch codes. You know, we're like you know somebody in uh, Idaho. You know, some radar operator was like, yeah, we were pretty close to nuclear war there because it turns out there was something that was, uh, you know, we thought something was incoming. We thought it was nuclear. And so we were about to launch our own. And oh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a relief, you know, after the fact, it's like, well, it's good that nothing happened. But yeah, that is pretty alarming. And also the UFO stuff that recently came out, were you paying attention to that at all? Uh, a, a little bit. I read a little bit about it. It's also, um, uh, I guess the frustrating thing is like, okay, we know a little bit more, but we still really don't know that much. I mean, it wasn't a surprise to me that the U.S. government was studying UFOs. We've known that. They just sort of said it again. <laughs> I, I feel like. <laughs> and we, we know we know still not not more than we did prior to that, really. But um, I, I don't know. It's it, it is interesting to think about, or you know, it's. Um, a good uh, injection of of uh, hard truth. How insignificant we are! The fact that um, you know there's uh, mega powerful entities flying multi-dimensional spacecraft in our uh, atmosphere. I mean, that yeah. makes you feel a little insignificant. Yeah, and even you know with the pandemic and things, and now it's like um, you know it's really kind of reminding um, people how uh, how Mother Nature can just step in and fuck everything up. It's like you know, if you, if, yeah, if you don't get that during hurricanes or tornadoes, you certainly understand it now. And uh, you know, is any of the surreal stuff you're talking about on stage? Like it sounds like 
you know, the conspiracy, you know, is conspiracy theory something you talk about on stage or what are kind of the autobiographical things, you know, kind of just, you know, generally, what are some of the events in your life that are ripe for comedy and how do you attach them to the surrealism bent or the, you know, how do you take it into the absurd? Yeah. Um, I, I don't really talk about conspiracy theories that much when I'm on stage, but I feel like it, it's very adjacent to what a lot of comedy does, which is uh, sort of like point to the absurdity of, of, of life and just human behavior and what we're doing. Um, I, I think that's, it, there's a very big parallel between those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, a lot of my autobiographical stuff is sort of just kind of making fun of my own behavior and also and, and human behavior in general. Um, I do uh, I do tell a, a joke about how uh, I set it up by just saying that some people ask me what it's like to be a, a comedian. And then I tell a story about taking a bus to, to a road show up in Rochester and just... Um, the absurdity of the, um, while I was on this bus ride, somebody fell asleep with a baby in their arms and somebody wanted to hold that baby and just reached across and just grabbed the baby out of the mom's hand and it turned into like a huge fist fight at three or four in the morning on oh some gosh. dark between New York and Rochester. So, um, I mean... You sometimes, and I, I just talk about how you don't even have to write jokes sometimes. Like, the world wants you to talk about crazy, weird shit that happens, you know? By being, um, by being weird, the world is giving you all the material you need. And it sounds like you are living life, like not only going up to Rochester, but I think you said one of your stoner, stoner morning shows was in Raleigh, North Carolina. Right, right. And are, so, are you kind of on the road with that with that show? And um, I, I suppose that lends itself to just just multiple stories that you can then talk about on stage. Uh, it's we've been on the road not constantly, but you know we've done like some festivals here and there, and then we've been able to if we're heading somewhere for a festival, we've been able to like set up another show nearby. So it's okay. been like quick, like three to four day trips. Um, okay. Not. Not weeks on the road, you know. So it's more, it's more because you were doing your comedy on the road, do you then fold in the opportunity to do interviews for the Stoner Morning, morning Show? Right, right. Okay. And then where can, you know, people can find you online. I know I follow you. You're at Schwickens. That's right. Yeah, S-H Wickens. And then where are they going to be able to see you do, you know, remind people where, the, where your online shows are going to be? Yeah. So um, we do have um, podcast episodes up at stonermorningshow.com. And okay. um, every usually every Saturday night, we do a, a Instagram live show where it's I mean, sometimes it is a bunch of people getting stoned and just hanging out. But then sometimes it's actual guest comedians or guest um, friends. Uh, instead of doing a comedy show, we did a, a, a show and tell show a few weeks ago where we just had people talk about something that was in their uh, immediate vicinity okay know? um like at their house just, people are people are pulling out objects in their house yeah That's it great. doesn't sound as fun as i as it was in describing a show and tell show on instagram live it's, it doesn't seem fun but it was it was fun no i love um, that because that people yeah. people have at least one interesting object that nobody else has in their house oh yeah yeah <laughs> 
that's at the uh, at Storm Storm Morning Show on uh, on Instagram. Oh, good. And so they can see you maybe blaze up, but maybe just uh, hilarious bits on people's bizarre shit in their house, and maybe you'll spin uh, out a consp- conspiracy theory or two, maybe. Well, my co-host Jason Cunis will definitely be blazing up if he's on. I haven't been smoking much down here just because I'm living in someone else's house, but I have been um, making weed brownies, so uh, <laughs> those are a little bit easier to to sneak away and uh, rather than just you know smoking in the the guest bedroom. I love that. So watch watch all the shows. Watch the Stoner, Stoner morning, morning Show because I hope Sean Wickens is going to give us the recipe for Mississippi pot brownies. <laughs> uh, it it is out there. I, I do talk about it on episodes. So yeah, Dude, it sounds good. Sean Sean Wickens, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Brian.